Hello and welcome to episode six of Let's Go, the Pelham House podcast. During the stay-at-home orders over the last couple of months, Pelham House has decided to do some podcasts and introduce you to some of our team members and talk to some of the local community members about what's going on on the Cape and introduce you to a little bit about how the Pelham House plans to operate this coming summer and beyond. We are very fortunate today to be able to talk to our new executive chef, Dan Cote. Dan, how you doing? Great. How are you? Very good. Dan comes to us this fall from Chatham Bars Inn, and uh, we are very fortunate to have him. And today we're going to start with just asking Dan um, how you first decided to kind of get interest in culinary, in the culinary field. And uh, was it in high school? Was it college? Can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, so I, I actually had no intention of, of cooking ever. I always wanted to be a doctor uh, growing up. Uh, my parents made a move when I was about to go to high school and change towns. So I had to switch schools where all my friends were going and decided to uh, go to a technical high school, Bristol Plymouth in Taunton. And um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So for half the year, you get to go around and, and kind of pick and choose different shops is what they're called. So electrical, HVAC, uh, automotive, and culinary was one of them. And it just kind of stuck with me. I chose it, not really knowing what to expect. And here I am so many years later. What year in high school was that, that you uh, took took like those first courses? That was... 2004, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so I graduated in 2007 from high school. So 2004. So and that was freshman year? Yes. Yep. So the first the first part of freshman year, like the first six months, you, you try out a certain handful of them to kind of see what you want. And then based on that, you make a selection and see if you get chosen to be in that, that shop. And uh, I chose culinary as my first and I got into it. Now, during that period of time, did you work at a lot of restaurants during your high school like um, years or did, was it more just mainly your experience came in school? Yeah, so a lot of experience in school because we actually had a restaurant that was open to the public on um, Thursdays and Fridays. We would we would wow. cook for the public. But I actually wow. got a job. My first job was uh, uh, Quiznos. It was um, up and coming back then. And they opened up uh, one right down the street from my house. And I became a uh, shift supervisor of Quiznos for two or three years, if I recall. Okay. Okay. Now, after that, you decided to um, further extend your culinary field into college. Is that correct? Yeah, so college came around, and um, I, I obviously wanted to stick with this, so I didn't apply anywhere else except Johnson & Wales in Providence, and uh, I was just obviously hoping I would get in because there were no other options for me at the moment, and um, I got in and, and went there for four years. So during that four years um, at Johnson & Wales, I'm assuming that at some point, maybe summers, during the school, there was pro was there internships, things like that, that continued to like further this culinary spirit. Yeah, so freshman year was freshman year. You you were still getting your 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 feet wet, and uh, sophomore year is when internships start. So I knew an internship was coming. I decided to look for a job before that internship coming. 
everybody everybody knows internships don't don't pay very well. So I was trying to get in somewhere before then, and I ended up um, getting into the Hyatt Regency in Cambridge. Uh, I started out there as a banquet cook and kind of just moved all around and and uh, stayed there for three years as well. I bet. So Hyatt Regency started in college, and then it it went a little bit further after that. Yeah, so I was work. I was going to school, Johnson and Wales, uh, Monday through Thursday, six a.m. to one p.m. And then I would drive from Providence to Boston and work three p.m. to eleven p.m. And then kind of do it all over. Uh, the weekends were, you know, the twelve-hour shifts at the Hyatt, and I did that all the way through senior year in college. And then I decided to take my last semester of college online courses, which I don't recommend to anybody. Um, and, I, and, I, and I moved to out to Pennsylvania. I left the Hyatt Regency. I was working with um, a guy named Javin Small. He got a new job out in Pennsylvania as an executive chef at a farm-to-table restaurant. And I went, I went there to become his sous chef. So I, I moved out and did my last semester online. So the last the last question about Hyatt Regency. When you worked at Hyatt as as um, a young man in college, that was was that experience um, mainly just banquets and weddings and events, things like that. Uh, it started off as that, and it and it ended up like that. But that I was actually um, in charge of coming up with a brunch menu every Sunday. So Saturdays I would prep it and, and put it out in all these different action stations. And uh, wow. I, I did a lot of the line work as well. It's, it's really where I learned my basis. You know, I learned how to cook the perfect eggs from uh, this foreign guy named Alpha. I don't even remember where he's from. I think like St. Lucia or something, but okay. he, he, he taught me the best way to cook eggs, the best way to like make a perfect hollandaise sauce. So kind of a little bit of my my basics that I, I took with me up until this day I was learned there. So then you moved on to this farm to table. Was the farm to table a big restaurant? Uh, I don't remember how many seats. It had to have been at least 80, 90 seats. It had um, three floors. It was a very old uh, farmhouse. The restaurant was made out of this old farmhouse. And um, it had a bar in the cellar. And it only had about six, seven seats. Um, and it was one, it was on a lot of the top, um, the top websites for hard to find beers in the country, like top 100 places to go. Um, wow. we, had, we had a lot of, uh, different rare beers that you could only get at the farmhouse restaurant. Um, it, it was quite a little, quite a little place. From there, um, you were there for how many years? Um, had to have been about two or three again. Okay, for two or three years there, is that when you then made a leap to the Cape and Chatham Bars? Yeah, so um, the the time was coming for the farmhouse to kind of uh, divide paths. It, it it wasn't doing so well on account of you know uh, not making too much money, and I just knew my time was up there. And I I got a random LinkedIn message. It was probably my my first few times being on LinkedIn, but I got a random message from. Um, a chef, Anthony Cole at Chatham Bars Inn asking if I knew anybody for a few different positions. And, you know, I, I snuck upstairs, took a phone call real quick when I was at the farmhouse. And I said, you know, I'm interested. Let's let's hear about it. And that's kind of uh, kind of how the Chatham Bars Inn started. How did um, how did Chef Cole or, or Chatham Bars um, 
How did they find out about you? How did they know you? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. We, Chef Cole and I must have become friends on LinkedIn somehow, whether I added him or he added me. Um, nice. Yeah. And the, the funny part is my, uh, my sister used to have a boyfriend uh, and they live right on Shore Road. And I, I used to walk by Chatham Bars Inn in the summer times when, when my sister would go down there. And I always said to myself that I, I want to work there someday. And the, the, the dream kind of came true. <laughs> so can you tell us what was the first job you were hired for there? Uh, I was the garmage chef. So kind of um, starting out on the bottom as, as far as a chef, chef wise, um, I was in charge of all cold food, um, salad preparation, all, uh, wedding presentations, salad wise for, um, banquets, conferences, um, supporting the restaurants in, in different, um, batch items. Um, and, and, the, and then from there, um, I became the, the, the banquet chef. So we, we had it. So all the hot food, um, again, same conferences and weddings and, breakfast items and whatnot. Um, and that's my two first positions there. How many banquet chefs does a, does a place like Chatham bars usually have? So banquet chef one, um, and then cooks underneath there's upwards of, um, I would say eight to 10. Um, Garmage also has, um, eight to 10, but over the years that I was there, we combined those two, um, departments. So banquets and Garmage became one. It was much easier to supervise and look over. And yeah, I would say up to upwards of 15 cooks in that department. And for many years, were you responsible for um, helping and kind of being in charge of executing um, a large amount of their banquets? Yeah, one, 100%. So once I became the banquet chef, the, the banquets, uh, conferences, groups, breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakouts, there was 100% um, on, on me to make sure it went out smoothly. So that ends up happening. Was that the last position, Banquet Chef? Um, you then, you then, did you then get elevated again to another position? Yep. So um, a, a year, maybe a, a two years, a year and a half after I became Banquet Chef, um, I was then promoted again to executive sous chef. So the number two position in the resort underneath the executive chef. So overlooking the whole resort with the executive chef, but main focus was still banquets. We never really found a replacement for myself. So I was kind of doing both at the same time. And then, uh, we, we also hired, um, uh, chef de cuisine for the restaurants to kind of, uh, split up that department. So it would be uh, him and him and I, he would overlook the restaurants and I would overlook banquets and we would kind of mutually do that together. Um, so you're, you're, you're going through those two or three positions at Chatham bars. You're the executive shoe chef. And then sometime in the fall, you get a LinkedIn message again, Larry. <laughs> correct? Yeah. This, this LinkedIn has worked out quite well for me. Yeah. It was another, it was another random message on LinkedIn and just asking if I was interested in a, in a new and upcoming uh, renovation resort uh, executive chef. And um, I said, why not? Let's hear about it. You know, my, my time was my time was 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 due at Chatham Bars. And, you know, I, I loved it. It was one of the some of the best experience ever. I learned so much. I can never forget that. But um, there was only so far I could move up in the ladder, obviously. So it was my time to, you know, start looking to move on. And 
like you said, I got a random uh, LinkedIn message again, and um, it just so happened that uh, everybody wanted to meet that night. Um, so I made arrangements after work. It was like 8 p.m., and I went to the Pelham House, and I sat down, and th there was people in the restaurant, but there was no there was no owners there. Um, and, <laughs> and so the bartender's like, it could be a while. Why don't you order some food, get a drink? So I did. And let's say maybe two, two hours later, uh, the owners, John, Dennis, uh, I don't know. Was Kevin there as well? I think it was Mark. Mark. Yeah. Uh, they, they decided to, to come in two hours later and I, uh, I waited for them. So that's kind of when the first interview started. Yeah, I remember that vividly. We were obviously, um, we were going through our town approvals for the building of our new rooftop restaurant and and uh, wedding venue. And the meeting went a lot longer um, for getting the approvals. And we were hoping that you weren't going to uh, leave. And <laughs> I was texting and just making sure that we were going to have the opportunity to meet. Um, it was really, it was just um, funny luck that De that Dennis was able to reach you on LinkedIn and then we were able to meet very quickly. And then from there, um, the position that we've been looking to fill and exactly what we were looking for um, kind of fell right into our hands. And then for you, probably very similar. And you live so close to the Pelham. How close do you live to us? Yeah, I mean, I... I started riding my bike when the weather was nice. I'm I'm a nine minute bike ride away, so right down the street. I didn't even know you guys were there, so it, it's it's a nice little. It's definitely better than you know commuting twenty minutes each way and losing that you know forty minutes to an hour every day. Uh, but the yeah. funny the funny thing is, I I went outside during that interview and I I called my wife. I'm like, I think I need to leave. Like, I don't think they're showing up. I don't think it's worth it. And, you know, <laughs> because of her, she said, just, you know, stick out for another 10 minutes. And I did. And <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. <laughs> so um, as I move on to something else, what do you think a unique skill that you have ha that you have that's helped you become successful? Uh, it's definitely my organization. Um, I, I would not have been able to do what I did at Chatham Bars in or any any part of my career without being organized and um, just time time effective time management organization. Um, just making sure every little detail is accounted for. Um, it actually you know sometimes makes me go crazy. It gives me headaches, but it's 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 how I have um, stayed on course to what I'm doing now. So definitely that. It is very clear to me that this particular um, profession and this particular job that you have, it is so important to be organized, to be on time and to, and um, there is no question that uh, out of many people that I've worked with and been around, you are at the top of the list in that area. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, would you say, that you mentioned being a doctor, would that be another, would that be the profession other than your own that you would have liked to attempt? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would. The funny thing is I, I see blood and I, I faint, so I can't even get my own blood taken, but that, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if I would do it anymore, but that was always what I wanted to do. It's, it's different when you see somebody else's blood, I guess. Um, but God, <laughs> that's, that's my problem right now. Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? 
I grew up in Rainham, Massachusetts. Okay. And um, did you have, um, either during high school or younger, did you have a favorite place to eat or a favorite type of meal or or uh, even or even a little bit older, like at, in your younger years, do you remember any place of a, or, or a particular food that you just always loved? Yeah, I mean, it, it was nothing, nothing. I mean, you can buy it frozen, but it's called the Great American Pub. It's in Rainham. Um, okay. I used to, used to go there with my, my family. My friends still go there. And sometimes, you know, I meet up with them. They do this really cool um, late after 10 o'clock. You get like pizzas half off or something like that. But they had um, fried raviolis there with the marinara sauce. And I would always get them when I went out there with my parents. And I can still remember them to this day. So. Um, I asked PA this, and I'm sure you, you thought that you knew this one might be coming. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be and why? So Patty Ann screwed it up because I would definitely say I would want to be a tiger for all the same reasons as Patty Ann. But if I had to choose another animal and listen, we were supposed to do this podcast a couple days ago and I spent my whole night with no sleep trying to figure out what the hell animal I would want to be. And <laughs> I, I, I think I came up with and don't laugh. I think I came up with a chipmunk. So, okay. A chipmunk. Wait, wait. This is a perfect time for this. <laughs> All right, a chipmunk. Tell me why. You know, I don't I just I just love watching chipmunks. I have one that hangs around my yard and I always try and get my boys to, you know, not catch them, but to see them. And he just they're, they're very fast. They they know what they want to do. Um they, they always have a mission in mind and in, you know they're cute and i i think i'm all of that all of the above <laughs> i love it that there's nothing wrong with that and i'm sure your kids probably have have they watched alvin and the chipmunks yes yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk a little bit about social media instagram facebook are you someone that has and will continue to um post a lot about your hobby and your career yeah, so my Instagram, Chef Dan Cote, um, it's it's a lot of food there, but it's also a lot of family and just kind of what I like to do in my free time. So you, you get to see what I enjoy doing um, and and kind of just in, in see the life that I live. So it's it's not in uh, it's a private account, but I, I accept almost anybody um, that I that I can see. I just don't want anybody, you know, friending me. But my, my life is pretty much there. Do you have a particular um, hobby? Like, uh, do, do you fish, bike ride? Like, is there a certain? Is there a hobby that you're that you uh, that is high up there, or is or is this profession, this field, so all encompassing that kind of that is like everything? Yeah, unfortunately, there's not there's not a lot of time when we're up and running. But um, I bought I bought some bikes, so I definitely enjoy biking when I have when I have a chance. And again, like I, I mentioned, I'll be doing that. I'll be biking to work. Um, I would say gardening and working outside is my next one. Um, of course, playing with my boys outside, but you know, I have my garden that I do every year. You know, I have all kinds of plants and flowers inside that I get yelled at for because they take up too much counter space, but they're always thriving and blooming. And I, I would say, you know, and then, you know, handyman fixing up anything around the house. I, I try and do everything first, at least before I call a contractor to see if I can do it. And usually it works out. Have you had um, the opportunity, which I'm sure you have, 
at Chatham Bars and now coming at the Pelham House where you're going to have H2B um, workers, J1 workers, and American workers that come and work under you in the kitchen and in the back of the house and that um, where you, you're going to be someone that's going to teach them. They're going to be someone where they're going to learn like you learned probably under some people. Have you thought about kind of what, what, uh, what that looks like for you now that you've elevated to being an executive chef, like um, the type of influence you're going to have on so many of these young people that have a passion like you? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I've done it in a nutshell. Obviously, I've had all these, all these different, um, different people from different countries and, and local workers work under me. Obviously, it's a, it's a new level as I am the number one. Um, and all I can, all I can do is take all the advice that Chef Cole has given me and me watching him and him sitting down and talking with people. And it's really, you know, structure is needed, you know, be there teach them walk away and always check back because even if you show them once it's, it's likely that they're going to revert back to their own way of doing it. So you always have to keep checking and be on them and just be supportive. Um, there's, there's obviously a time and a place for people who, who, who don't, um, who don't re everybody reacts differently to advice. So you have to find the right type of way to portray that advice to each individual. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And um, I think that uh, I look forward to seeing that continue to grow through the years here and especially um, hopefully at some point this year in the new in the new uh, rooftop restaurant. So if I move a little bit towards um, the back to the Pelham House and what we've been doing and what we're working towards, um, I've asked everybody that's been on. I know you've been on the rooftop a couple times. Can you give your impression of that first time or any subsequent time where you've gone out on that rooftop and saw that view and what that could potentially be? Yeah, I mean, after after my, my two-week quarantine a few weeks ago, I, I snuck in and I went up there while nobody was there. And, you know, I was walking around the kitchen that's going to be and just kind of seeing what that's going to be like. But I did go up top and it is... You, you can't even explain. It's just so surreal. You know, you, you're looking out and the ocean is just at your eyes. It's the sky and the ocean and green grass, nothing else. Um, you, you are above everybody. Um, it's, it's just pleasant. It's breathtaking. Um, there's no place around like it. And it's seriously going to be one of the best places, if not the best on Cape Cod, if not South Shore Boston. You mentioned two-week quarantine. I'm assuming that we want to tell people that you did not have the virus. You were traveling. Is that correct? Yes, yes. It was only uh, for everybody's benefit just because I was traveling. I did not and will not have this virus. <laughs> okay. Um, so from there, let's talk about um, a couple of these outlets. Uh, we obviously have the rooftop and then we have the uh, pool area lobby which is going to have two different maybe type of feel, SAS style of food. Can you just give us a 30 second, a minute on uh, what, like what you um, eventually, once things get to um, all normal, what those two outlets might look like? Of course. Yeah. So obviously we're pivoting now because of what's going on um, and we're doing things a little bit different the next few months. But when we are up and running and we have the team to support it and we, and we say, okay, let's go. This is it. 
the the there'll be an all-day dining menu um, out of our lobby. It's, well, first it's going to be a grab and go, so it's going to be um, uh, grab and go muffins, sandwiches you can take to the beach. Um, that will open up at 7 a.m. It's going to be different. Co- it's going to be different coffees and um, from Three Fins. We have our own coffee made by Three Fins um, down the street. It's going to be a Dominican blend. And then we're going, and then we're going to have an all-day dining menu out of that lobby. So it's going to feed the lobby and the pool area. It's going to go eleven to six. It's also going to feed the beach. It's going to be your classic foods, your lobster roll, um, a cool take on a, a grilled cheese, um, some uh, different poutines, um, salads, fresh crisp. Um, and then at night, that all-day dining closes down, and at six o'clock, it it opens up into a family-style. Uh, type of menu where it's larger plates. Um, we've, we've purchased all types of plates that are suitable to feed um, two to three people. Um, you're going to have shared plates, uh, meatballs, and um, a famous uh, French meat pie that my, my family used to make for me growing up, and it's just one of my favorites, um, and some octopus dishes, and just something you can share with your family. Uh, order multiple courses. And then you go into the rooftop new building. We are going to have a breakfast menu featuring um, Featherbrook Farms out of Rainham, Massachusetts. So local eggs, they are picked. No, um, they're picked within the four days of ordering or they're gathered within the four days of ordering. I don't think you're picking eggs, but um, <laughs> so it's going to be, again, um, different different uh benedicts and we're making the the biscuit for the benedictine house we're going to be smoking our house smoked pork loin for the benedict and uh different um an applewood smoked bacon and chicken sausage that is going to come in raw a lot of places have uh sausages come in already um already cooked and they're just reheating them these are going to be raw we're cooking the sausages and they're just amazing um and then you lead into our our rooftop lunch and dinner and it's going to be similar menus it's going to um lunch and dinner menus it's going to be more seafood uh oriented uh you're going to have our pelham house burger which is um also featuring featherbrook farms at rainham mass um the beef it's going to be um we're, we're getting an order of beef for our takeout menu next week and they're they're literally um grass-fed uh awesome fat content uh everybody at the palm has tried the burger it was one of the best ever um and we're just going to be featuring small little farms that we can with these menus and um looking looking forward to it uh it certainly every time i look at potential menus and what it's going to eventually be it excites me to see that the palmouse is going to be able to offer um some of these things it's amazing uh, how much we've grown in a couple years and to be able to have you and chef PA, um, leading this team, uh, with these couple outlets, as well as our weddings, it's going to be amazing, but I must turn quickly uh, for the last couple minutes to, um, what we're doing over the next couple weeks and, er, and into June. And the first thing is mother's day. So we got mother's day coming up, um, nine days from now on the 10th, Sunday, the 10th. And, we have a brunch menu that we're serving as a pickup um, curbside. We're going to deliver it out to the car, um, and it's a brunch. Can you tell us a little bit about that brunch? Yeah, so we decided to go with brunch. I guess it was an all-team effort. Definitely wanted to be different. Um, so we have 
two packages, one feeds two, one feeds four to six. Uh, the, the two people is $50. The four to six is $100. Um, you have a choice of a spring vegetable quiche or a French toast bread pudding. Um, and then you get to choose your, your side. So there's a list of sides. And again, this is all posted on Instagram. And then you also get to choose from a dessert, a strawberry shortcake or a chocolate mousse cake. So it's a full brunch meal, all packaged for you, all cooked that morning. Uh, you can request a pickup time between nine and one. I think we're doing them every half hour or, or whatever works for you guys. Um, contactless delivery, everything you're, you're paying online or by phone. And it, you can, you can have us heat it up for you and we're going to cook it to order, or you can also order it for later and you can heat it up yourself. So there's a couple different options there. Um, and it's just to, you know, help, help, um, give mom a great day and, and, you know, nobody should, no mother should have to cook on mother's day. How excited are you to finally have this be the first time you could operate at the Pelham house? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what to do with myself right now. I can't wait to get back in. I haven't even, other than cooking a burger for us, I haven't been able to use this kitchen at the Pelham house yet. It has all new equipment. It's never been used. The burgers were cooked on all the old equipment, so it's it's exciting. Um, it, it it's yeah, can't wait. Okay, from there on May fifteenth, five days later, on a Friday, we will start the newest thing that we're doing, and that is a somewhat a la carte takeout Wednesday to Friday. But we're starting on a Friday, May fifteenth. We're gonna have online ordering capability. Can you tell us? How much different that menu is from maybe the other menus for the outlets on either the rooftop or the lobby? Is it kind of a mix? Can you tell us a little bit about our takeout menu until the hotel gets up and open? Yeah, so I, I would say I I took a lot, if not three quarters, um, 80% of what was going to be on the rooftop and made it into this menu. Um, so it, it's going to be... Um, obviously we're going to have your chowder for everybody with a little, uh, special play on it and some crisp salads an awesome burrata salad, um, uh, a halibut cake. So it's going to be hundred percent, no filler, no breadcrumbs, halibut spices, a little bit of egg. Uh, it's going to be worth the price for sure. Um, again, one of my favorites is, is going to be the grilled cheese, not just grilled cheese. It's going to come with some house-made spicy meatballs, uh, also featuring Featherbrook Farms uh, ground beef, some awesome aged cheddar, and a uh, really great sandwich. And then, you know, a b- bunch of different sandwiches there as well. We have a vegetarian burger, regular burger. And then we ha- we decided to put a few entrees on uh, for anybody looking for a more fulfillful meal. So we have our um, local grass-fed New England uh, strip loin. Um and then we're going to have a local catch that's going to change daily or weekly, depending on uh, the fresh fish I can get in. And then our um, Zartar roasted cauliflower steak for our vegetarians, featuring some uh, awesome buckwheat. Um, the menu is tremendous. Um, during these times where we've had to stay at home and plan to operate in a little bit of a different way, um, the whole team at the Pelham House can't wait to get back and to operate even with just this takeout to start. And the reason that, uh, uh, another reason that I'm so excited about having you on and I'll be posting this this weekend is because 
people will finally get to taste your food. They'll finally get to taste Chef PA's food. And we're going to be able to finally show off um, what we're going to be able to do for a culinary experience. Obviously, takeout's different than people coming and uh, and sitting down at our new rooftop or out by the pool. But I just can't wait for people to be able to experience um, the start of your culinary experience here at the Pelham. And um, I think we're going to finish there, but I wanted to thank you for joining us. Um, if there's anything else you'd like to add, please feel free to right now. But ultimately, I just uh, I hope people take a good listen to this, understand who we're going to be and what we're going to be on the culinary side. And once they try us, I think they're going to realize the level that we're trying to be at. Would you agree? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's going to most certainly 100% be a culinary destination that, you know, you're going to have to stop, stop by, whether it's your way down to the, ta- way down to the Cape or, or leaving the Cape or just staying with us. Um, it's going to be the place to be. All right. We're going to be signing off episode six of Let's Go, the Pelham House podcast. We have the, uh, the, not new now, but our executive chef, Dan Cote, who started with us in the fall and is finally getting to operate this coming May 10th for Mother's Day curbside pickup. The menu is tremendous. Our takeout menu is unbelievable. And then when we eventually open up the hotel and start to operate, you're all going to get to see how special Dan and his team is. Um, Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. And Dan, thanks again. Let's go.